0: track again, y'all. NYC Dirty hip-hop. Southwest Coast. West, Welcome in to a new edition of the Denver Nuggets Daily Podcast. I am your host, TJ McBride. You can find all my stuff on Twitter at T.J. McBride NBA or all of my work at MileHighSports.com. And as usual, I'm sitting right next to my usual co-host.
1: Hey, it's Brennan Bo. I'm the other host. You can find all of my work also at MileHighSports.com. I'm on Twitter at BVote422, BVOGT422, <laughs> but enough about me, TJ. 88-82 to 82 win for the Denver Nuggets over the Portland Trail Blazers, the ugliest but also the most important win of the season. Malone said after the game it wasn't pretty, but listen TJ, it doesn't have to be anymore.
0: It doesn't, and these pick and pods usually aren't pretty, so it's kind of very <laughs> symbolic of how this Nuggets team has been playing because, let's be real here, it's the very end of the season People are exhausted. People are just grinding this out with sheer willpower at this point. It's crazy. And when that starts happening, you get these just ugly games. And I think the most important thing about this is that... These are games the Nuggets don't win last year. And the Nuggets are finding ways to become unkillable. And Matt Moore and I, going all the way back to December, we were arguing about how resilient this Nuggets team really was and if if they were unkillable. Tonight, he looked at me and was like, TJ, remember we were talking about all those years ago? Years, it feels like years. He was like, this Nuggets team is becoming unkillable. And that's really how I feel. Like, they can't ever make it easy on themselves. But they always find a way. That's the thing. And even if they lose games. Like, let's go back to the Boston and San Antonio game where Will Barton missed the two late threes. They were right there against quality opponents with all their players healthier than Kawhi in those. So, like, the Nuggets are making things interesting no matter what the case is. And even if they lose, they're going out swinging.
1: We've heard the um, the players say multiple times this year, they've joked, like, maybe we just have to be down in games to come back. And that's sort of been emblematic <laughs> and reflective of their whole season. It's, it has. They, they they play their best when their backs are against the wall. Their backs have been against the
0: wall for six straight games. And they've pulled out six straight Ws. And they're all wins that you don't expect them to get, which yeah. is perfect because this is the Pick and Pod podcast. So pick like, and Pop podcast. I can't say no, this. It's I, don't it's, you're, you're
1: I don't know why. You're overcomplicated. I don't know why. I can't and it's just so crisp like, say this. You got to get this right.
0: But the Pick and Pod over here means that we're each going to bring our three different, I guess, storylines of the game out yeah. into the light for the podcast. And we're already talking about how ugly of a game it was. Let's just get into my first one. So the Nuggets now have six wins this year when scoring under 100 points, and they have two games scoring under 90 points. If you go back and look at the, all the different scores from last year's games, the Nuggets did not win one single game when scoring under 100 points. that that's a huge stat. It is, and Michael Malone, it drove him crazy, and that was one of his big points of emphasis even during last year when they were pushing for the playoffs. They were He was literally telling us and imploring his team, like, we need to win with defense just every once in a while just to be able to right. gut out a gritty win like this, and they couldn't do it last year. And here we are, 88-82 to 82 against the Portland Trailblazers. What a ridiculously impressive game, winning in a way that we didn't know the Nuggets could win.
1: I'm really glad you brought that up because I think that is, the difference between this Nuggets team and last year's Nuggets team. The half-court offense is a little less potent, although we haven't seen them fully healthy, so we'll give them a break there. The defense is just as bad, except TJ. When they get into these games where both teams aren't hitting shots, Indy's another great example. Tonight's a perfect one. This is the type of game that the Nuggets could not have won won last year. And we're getting kind of accustomed to it this year. 37.3% from the field for Denver, 33% from the field for Portland. This was a hideous game. I think we're looking at 29 combined turnovers, <laughs> um, only 32 combined assists, just 10 for Portland. It's You don't see Denver winning Slugfest, or you didn't see Denver winning Slugfest. It's something they can do now. That's important headed into the playoffs. Yes, everyone executes well, but you have to know that about yourself. It's, it's easy to win games when you're shooting over 50% from deep can the Nuggets gut out wins when they aren't? The answer is yes.
0: Yeah, and I think the other important thing to bring up about this is that, let's just be real here. The Nuggets are still just absolutely abysmal defensive team. Their defensive rating is 108.8. They're just not a good defensive team overall.
1: I just have a take I want to spit out. I think the other teams that they're sort of in the league with defensively are all teams that are either so bad or trying to lose. I think you could make a real argument
0: that Denver actually is the single worst defensive team in the NBA. Yeah, especially considering where they're at and how talented they really are. Because when you look at where they're at denver is 26th right now in defensive rating at 108.8 that sandwiches them between the knicks and the bulls with the kings right behind them then the cavaliers and then the Suns, who could have one of the worst defenses of all time nba history wise so this nuggets defense has been atrocious but they've become opportunistic defensively when they show up and they know they need to get a string of three or four stops, they can now do that. They're not going to be a 48-minute defensive, grind-you-out-into-a-pulp team. They're never going to be that team. But at the same time, if Denver can be able to lock down when they need to and really put a hurting on teams and be able to go on these extended runs, it is so important for them to be able to have that ability within them that they can use at least in a spurt, in a big burst. And that's really what I think is the difference this year, is why that they are... Able to basically have, you know, six wins without scoring hundred points or two without scoring ninety points, even though they have almost the same defensive rating last year as they do this year.
1: Opportunistic's a great word. They were good all night tonight, but in the final three minutes and thirty six seconds, Denver forced five stops, forced one turnover. And prevented the Blazers from picking up a single offensive rebound. Yeah, that's late game execution. That's forget what things looked like for the last <laughs> three quarters. Yeah, it, it's on the line right now, and they buckled down and they executed. Executed might not be the right word, but they did. In the, in the final execute, few minutes, though. they did. They sharpened it up, and um, like Millsap said after that that last home game, it was um, it's they're able to to mix to get stops when it matters down the stretch, and. Yeah, you're right. That's just something you could not have said about this team one year ago. Oh,
0: not even close. There was nothing even of the sorts. Um, what was your thing that you wanted to get to for your first thing at this pick and pop?
1: Yeah, I'll sort of. It's it's vaguely related. I thought TJ. I've been covering the Nuggets as a writer in some capacity for almost two full seasons now. I've watched the Nuggets prior to that more so than a lot of <laughs> uh, just casual fans. This was the single best effort I have seen watching the Nuggets in terms of contesting shots. It's guys take possessions off, guys are simply late, guys can't fight through screens. We've seen that a lot this year. It felt like every single jumper, uh, except for the ones from Evan Turner, by design, (laughs) by design, uh, was contested heavily. And I joke about Evan Turner, but I really mean that. In the first quarter, it's, you can't let Nurkic beat you, you can't let Dame or CJ beat you. They funneled all of the action to Evan Turner. And yep. they said, if you guys are going to have one open shot tonight, please take the three. And that was huge. And and so just the way they, they fought through every screen and, and made sure they had a hand in every face, it was the type of tenacious effort on defense that I have... Y- I had yet to seen from this team. So, Absolutely. So, look, you could say that Portland was cold
0: and they were, but I'm going to give Denver credit. I thought they were spectacular on defense. You want to know how Portland was not cold and Denver was closing out? It wasn't just one or two guys that struggled from three tonight. It was everybody. Yeah. The Nuggets forced Evan Turner to take four threes tonight, and he was 0 of 4. Al Farouk Amino took eight threes and only hit one of them. Damian Lillard was 2 of 10 from three tonight. Zach Collins was 1 of 3. Shabazz Napier was 1 of 3. When you hold them to wow. 21, 1.2% from three, the Portland Trailblazers, that means that you were using all of your energy and all of that tenacity to be able to close out with complete recklessness at, at times. There were points where I was like worried about the health of this Nuggets team. They were launching their bodies around the court so often. Mm. The 50-50 balls, the hustle plays. Gary Harris. on the floor. We should probably mention Yeah, him. you know, he's not even on our list, but yeah. we need to talk about Gary. Yeah, Gary, Gary Harris man.
1: came back tonight. I don't know if you guys noticed oh, that. Oh yeah, by the way, Gary Harris was out for 11 games if you didn't know. And uh, I thought at first when he checked in, TJ, he looked a little weak on that right leg, but I just wanted to offer off your point, um, he was like almost reckless with his body tonight. Yeah. He played super confidently, both offensively and defensively. Like you said, he was flying through the air, and with about like two minutes left in, I think it was the third. Uh, Evan Turner had a mismatch on Harris in the post, and this was a pivotal point in the game. And Harris just, I, it was phenomenal ball denial on a guy yeah. that's bigger than him. I
0: remember that play exactly. Yeah, I know
1: exactly which one you're talking I about. I think that ended up preventing a, a potential swing in this game. So, yeah everyone played that way, but chance to Gary Harris, who actually had something to lose by playing that way. Yeah. Um, gritty effort. Gritty effort. Yeah, and
0: that play in particular, when he was denying Evan Turner the ball, they finally got him the ball after he had been fronting him, yeah. and Evan Turner was so sick of dealing with Gary Harris, the second he finally got the Hot ball, potato. he kicked it right back out to Shabazz Napier. So, yeah. Gary Harris was really good defensively, I thought. The other thing about Gary Harris's game tonight, you talked <laughs> about how he was... Not a hundred percent on that leg to start when he first went in. That looked more mental than physical to me. I agree. That looked like he just wasn't a hundred percent sure how his knee was going to respond to an NBA setting. And the second he realized it was all right for right now, and there wasn't going to be like this fragility that lets his knee yeah. just explode the yeah. second touches the court, he was getting to the rim. I mean, he didn't hit a three tonight, but was four of nine from the field and that twelve points. Well, you, you four of a
1: four from the free throw line too. You know what they say about us writers, right? When you don't want to write Those block the most. Boys. Blo- hold up. We didn't blog boys. (laughs) When you don't want to write the most, that's when you must write. Um, Harris, I thought it was like he made a conscious decision to, to take a really physical drive. He was like, screw it. I'm out here. Let's see what this sucker can do. And to your point, the shot falls, and from that point forward... He was unafraid. You're right. right. He was unafraid. And
0: that step back, he had to clear some some room on that baseline to make that shot get up. And he got it off. Um, Before we get to your next pick and pod, I wanted to hit on one more thing real quick because I have a stat that I love. Jamal Murray continues to be a closer that no one expected. He missed his—so tonight he hit another two free throws in crunch time. This season— Jamal Murray is 23 of 24 from the free throw line in crunch time, which NBA calls the, with a five-point game within the last five minutes of the game. Right. 23 of 24. That's fucking ridiculous. Like, this is a kid that is 21. <laughs> he just turned 21. This is his first year starting at point guard, and he is literally in the Western Conference. It is insane to me. Second game in
1: a row that, Damian, uh, that Jamal Murray outclosed Damian Lillard. True, and on
0: top of that, he thought he played very good defense tonight. Yeah. I got to give him credit because I've roasted him for it before on Twitter and yeah. stuff like that. He played a lot better defense tonight, and it showed against Damian Lillard.
1: Is Murray better than Lillard? My column. Uh,
0: uh, no, he's I'm not. not writing that yeah. column <clears throat> ever, ever, ever. Okay, we should move things along
1: though. Here, yeah, got so your next one. I was talking about the contesting shots. I thought the the defensive effort was tenacious for almost four straight quarters. There was a lull, and it came at the it came at the start of the third. Um, the first half of the third, I should say. And at that point, Portland started to push their lead up towards nine, ten. 10. Um, they weren't doing anything differently. They weren't hitting shots. They were just inhaling offensive rebounds. It was almost like a missed shot was <laughs> it's Portland's a good way to put it. best. It's like the ball was magnetized on the end of the floor oh to whatever
0: God. Portland Trailblazer was just in the area. Their best look was just missing a
1: shot. Yeah, it really Honestly. was. That's a good and, way to put um, it. Um, And so this thing started to slip away, and the Nuggets, which we've seen when things go wrong this season, they started looking at each other, waiting for someone else to make a play, waiting for someone else to have answers. They stopped trying on defense, and typically this is where we see Michael Malone take frustration timeouts that haven't always worked. He did something different tonight, TJ. Jamal Murray with about six minutes left. Uh charged down the lane and attempted to dunk it on the entire state of Oregon. <laughs> like yes, he he tried to collect an entire state's worth of souls in one play. <laughs> um, there was debatably
0: contact. Uh, See, I'm, I'm going to say that was a foul. I was watching the replay up above on the TV screen, and it looked like a foul. I'm going to disagree with you, which
1: we almost never do. That's I didn't think true, it was. And maybe, which maybe, let's just fight. First take. You. Fuck off. Pick man. and take. Um, <laughs> I, so Murray... As long as you're skip. Murray misses the dunk, and Malone acts as if he thought he was fired, fouled. I actually don't even think Malone thought that, though I'll get to that in a second. He charged onto the court, like
0: halfway onto the court. It was I mean, reminiscent of like an, like Don Mattingly of the Dodgers exactly. going after an umpire out of the dugout. Ripping like, a base yeah, out of the ground like and chugging He literally in. left the sideline and went straight for the I, official for on a, the court. For a hot second, I
1: thought Malone was trying to fight. I thought for sure I he thought was he was trying to, get to get fight. Tossed. I was like, Malone is out and of this game right now. Can I tell you something? I think he was trying to. To get so, tossed
0: or just get angry? To, <laughs> to to flirt with that line, and yes, let me tell you why. that's a great way to phrase that.
1: We've seen in—baseball is a perfect example. Often you'll see managers get themselves tossed just because their team doesn't seem like they give a shit. They're not playing with a fire. And they just need to kick them up. Right? Even Steve
0: Kerr still does that. And Popovich yeah. did that against the Nuggets yeah, this year when it. he
1: decided to get tossed it's, in the first quarter. It's not as common in basketball. I actually think we've never seen it from Malone. And so— yeah, the only time was that Lakers game when just all hell broke right. loose. Like that was just the most strange game there could be. And dude, it wasn't just his players; he fired that crowd up because no one on the court on the team was doing it with their play, and you could feel the energy dissipating. Yeah. And Malone goes out there and he turns this thing around. And guess what, TJ? That's not just some anecdotal observation. Oh, no, it's not. I got numbers, son. <laughs> Malone picked up his tech with six eighteen remaining in the third. Thanks, that boy. So let's go from six thirty on in the third to the end of the game. Yes. Denver holds Portland to twenty total points on just twenty four percent from the field, just eleven percent from deep. They out rebounded them twenty four to fifteen five to two advantage on the offensive glass they forced eight Portland turnovers and they scored 35 points of their own on 40 percent from the field I'll simplify that for you they outscored them by 15 from that point forward I tweeted that Michael Malone might have saved the game I went back I looked at the numbers TJ Michael Malone saved the game. Yeah, and when
0: I look at this, the other thing that I notice is that the effort level that you're speaking of just skyrocketed from this point forward. The Nuggets then outscored the Trailblazers eight 8-5 in second chance points. They were up 20-10 to 10 in that stretch in points in the paint. If you take out of that as well, the Nuggets out-rebounded them by 9 in that stretch. The Nuggets also were able to get to the free throw line 12 times to the Blazers 9. That's incredible. Like, they were just a attacking with relentless aggression as often as they could get into the paint they were doing so and Nikola Jokic like this dude deserves so much credit what was the biggest issue in the first half offensive rebounds so you want to know what (laughs) Nikola Jokic did from that point forward from when Malone got that tech he had nine defensive rebounds from that point forward that's incredible he he didn't have an offensive rebound. he had nine defensive rebounds in that stretch and so let's
1: let's transition here into our final points um I thought Nurkic has gotten the better of Jokic in these matchups, for the most <laughs> yeah. part. He's taking this personally, and Jokic, as we know, is, is a guy who's not really inclined to do that. It's almost <laughs> hard to get a fire out of him. And Nurkic absolutely warped him in the for three quarters in that regard, on mm-hmm. the glass. Jokic just completely turned the tables in the final 18 minutes of this game. He he made it a point, he made it his responsibility to keep Nurkic out of the game, and then he got it going on offense, which he really hadn't up to that yeah. point. And so, I thought we saw Jokic turn the tables on Nurkic, and I think that, TJ, turned the tides of this game.
0: Yeah, and like, it's hard to say that Nurkic was just obliterating Jokic, because he was. When you watch him, like, if you go back and watch every single, like, shot that Yusef Nurkic took tonight, Nikola Jokic is going to look terrible. Yep. But Nikola Jokic, after the first quarter, had seven assists and five rebounds. So, like, it wasn't like Nikola Jokic wasn't being effective, his shot just wasn't on. And I think that was the most important thing. I agree. But you're right—20 points and 19 rebounds. Eight of those rebounds were offensive for Yusef Nurkic. That was massive. Turn, I them. think
1: it changed the game. And so it's it's in line with Malone's tech. Um, look, we're going to finish things up here. I know you had two more points you wanted to make on Denver's front court. Do um, you want to stick with Jokic for a second? Just hit us with that stat line.
0: So yeah, let's start with Jokic
1: real quick, because
0: Jokic's stat line was just as insane as you were going to find. So he finished the night with 15 points, 20 rebounds, 11 assists, and 2 steals and a block. That stat line is such an obscure stat line that I had to look it up and just see what other players have been able to pull this off. So this is the whole list, alright? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar... Had a 35 point, 20 rebound, 12 assist, 3 steal game once. This is my favorite one. Fat Lever had a 20 point, 20 Eight. rebound, 12 assist, 6 steal game. Of course. And then Fat Lever had another one. 20 points, 22 rebounds, 11 assist, 2 steals. The only other two times it happened are both. Nikola Jokic. I did not realize this was happening that Nikola Jokic has another game in which he had 15, 20, 11, and 2. That's insane. He has two this season.
1: Yeah. Not very good company with Kareem
0: though. That guy's kind of yeah, a Yeah, what a trash yeah. player Kareem is. Uh, don't you ever say that again. I'm a Lakers fan. I grew up in L.A. You cannot talk bad about Kareem. The sarcasm Ever, 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 ever ever. But Nikola Jokic had 17-21, 12-2 against Memphis earlier this year, and then had 15-20, 11-2 tonight. Okay, What an incredible stat line. And you
1: wanted, we're running out of time, you wanted to talk about one more guy, and I'm curious about that because I thought he actually didn't have a very good
0: game. Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap. So Paul Millsap in a vacuum did not have a very good game. I mean, when you look at Millsap's numbers, 2 of 10 from the field is terrible. 9 rebounds and only 4 were defensive, really hurt the Nuggets, and he only had 1 assist tonight. There was 1 point in the game where his leadership really showed exactly why he is here. And he told me. He was like, that is why I am in Denver, is to be that kind of leader. Jamal Murray misses a wide-open three from the left wing in the fourth quarter. And you can just see him just like, oh my god, I cannot get this damn shot to fall. So... You immediately, they call a timeout, and out of the timeout, as they're walking up the court, Paul Millsap comes up to Jamal Murray, throws his arm around him, and starts saying some things into his ear. So us as media ask him after the game, and he was telling them, this is literally the quote, I am not making any shots either, but what's important is doing the small things to still help your team. And then directly after he told him that, Paul Millsap drew a foul, a charge, an offensive foul that was Yusef Nurkic's Mm. fourth foul, and then he immediately went back down the court and Jamal Murray had a pull-up from the elbow. That... That entire sequence sums up how important Paul Millsap is to this team. And then Jamal Murray goes up there and hits those two big free throws at the end of the game. Having that ability to just convey that I know your shot's not falling, but you're helping us. We need you, and we need you to keep doing exactly what you're doing, is what's going to make Jamal Murray a superstar caliber player if he's ever going to be able to get there.
1: So it all results in a Denver win, TJ. Unfortunately, the rest of the Western Conference playoff hopefuls took care of business Yeah, you want
0: a stat in the last three
1: days? The Western Conference teams vying for the playoffs Are 13-0 and So pretty much, if not completely All those backdoor routes into the playoffs Have been shut on yes. the Nuggets The good news, TJ The front door is still open Yes, baby. it is The we Nuggets got, have not won six straight games I don't know if you guys know There's going to be a big game on Wednesday They're going to play the Minnesota Timberwolves One more win
0: and your Denver Nuggets are playoff bound. That's it? You gotta get one more. That's all it takes. And Denver will be even better than an eighth seed. That thing, if they get this win, they're gonna be at least seventh. So guess who you're not gonna have to face up with? Oh the Houston Rockets. Thank the Lord. Thank God for everybody who likes the Nuggets. So
1: but. you get maybe one more pick and pot out of us on Wednesday, maybe more, who knows? We'll do it more podcasts. Depending later on. on the we'll season see. goes, we'll hop on Jeff Morton's podcast tomorrow morning. So you will be hearing from us. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you later. Good stuff, TJ. Yeah, have a good night, everybody.